for Michael. So your friend, being a nice American, doesn't want to utilize this uh, device where all disease probably came from. So what do they do? March of the Penguins, right? They go like that. Is that okay? Can you do that? Or do you have to actually dry your hands? Now remember, whatever you're saying, I'm going to push back on. So They have to be dry. Well, I mean, you do it enough, they'll be dry. Okay, so sit there for 10 minutes. Wait, Harry, you want to say something? The brokers on the washing, not on the drying. So you said what you're saying is, so you don't have to dry your hands at all? Right. Okay, so you'll eat your bread, get it all soggy, not a problem, who cares? What about the halacha? You're not allowed to pass water over the challah, because if it spills in the challah, destroy it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, no, no, I, I was saying... Uh, it's water challah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a different issue again, like from last week, maybe if you're doing like this, the water, you know, the parts that weren't washed, they're going to get on it. Okay, we mentioned that last week that some people say you should wash your hands, you hold it up like this, you, you hold your hands like this, so the water doesn't go up here where it's, you didn't purify, and then go back, right? If you hold you wash your hands like this, the water cleans your hands, but then goes back up here, we'll get impure again. Okay, fine, I right, hear... Maybe. I have a different question. What if you put it under a blow dryer? I, I happen to never do it. I hate it. I use my clothes instead of that. Use your clothes. Okay. Close, close, like this. Can you use your clothes? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Interesting. Well, the blow dryer. I, like, a million people go on the... I, I, really? I think it's dirty. I think it's disgusting. You know how many people actually use those? With the blow dryers? Nobody. Well, okay, fine. So, okay, so we do... Charles, any thoughts? Can you do the penguin thing or... Whatever, blow dryer. Uh, someone pointed out that the deal, if the, the blessing is to wash your hands, so well, who cares what the drying? You're saying uh, use your clothing, just don't tell your mother, okay? Okay, fine. So that's, that's what we'll begin today. What, what thing, who, 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 who said the bracha is, is, is a washing? Brock is on the process of. I'll you Cleaning your fingers. Your right, right. So it's clean when it's, when it's white. When it's dry. Clean when it's wet, too. And then you don't go running around. You come out of the shower. You don't go running around. All right? Don't make assumptions. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so, fine. So let's, let's pull together now. Great. Says, let, this is what we're going to discuss today. We're going to discuss, number one, when to make the and number two, as in we make an Anatil HaSedayim, when to make it. And number two, we're going to discuss the idea, the concept of drying your hands. Come, says the Gemara M'sachem, Dav Zayin Amid Beis. Gemara M'sachem, Dav Zayin Amid Beis, is really this discussion the Gemara began with is what blessing do we make when we do Badikas Chametz? Hence, it's found in the, in the Mesechta, the tractate on M'sachem. The Gemara then says, all brachos are made over Lasiyasonah. Overlasiyason means prior to whatever action is going to take place. Whatever activity is going to take place, overlasiyason. So, therefore, we make the bracha of Alm Tilasadaim before, before we wash our hands. Now, who over here makes the bracha of Alm Tilasadaim before you wash your hands? No, that's what I said. So it means the bracha is drying. No. I shouldn't say Alm Tilasadaim, it's Alm Tilasadaim. Yeah. 
But we don't do that. You do the same thing. I, I, you speak for yourself. One minute. One minute. Dallas, you do the same thing. You make the Bronco first, then you wrap yourself in the Lulav Lulav also. Okay, Lulav, what do you say for Lulav? And then what do you do? You pick the Lulav up. Right? I know there's exceptions. And there's so we'll, we'll get that. That's what we're doing today. We're doing that all night. We're going we're gonna to learn those. But the question is, so that's, that's what it is. All brachas are made over last yasim. What happened, What about when it comes to Nitiyah Sadaim? So as everyone's pointed out here, the halacha seemingly is, we make the bracha afterwards. Why would we make it afterwards? So if we turn to the Marmakomas, I said I'd use these more this time, did I not? Obviously, I didn't look at them. Don't tell, uh, don't tell whoever I'm supposed to tell. Um, look at numbers. It's uh, source number 16, found on page number 4. It's the bottom one there. V'lo yuvarach ad achar natila. Don't make the blessing until after you wash. Ah, falagah. Even though the whole mitzvahs of Archon Alayim Kodim Lassiason, even though when it comes to all other mitzvahs, we make the bracha prior to the action. Shani Hacha, Shepamayim, Ain Yadam Nikios, Ain Yachalavarach Kodim Hilkoch Tiknu, Shila Olam Yurach Achar Kane. So the Torah says part of the prerequisites to being able to make brachos are we need to have a clean body. Well, if you come out of the bathroom and your hands may be dirty, you can't make a bracha. The only way you can make the bracha, therefore, is if you wash your hands. So you're kind of in a funny place. You need to make a bracha, unwash your hands, but you can't make the bracha until you wash your hands because you can't make a bracha with dirty hands. Therefore, says the Torah, seemingly they instituted to make the bracha afterwards. Yeah. So what if you wash your hands right before, right? And then, and then... So this, you, and well, then well, we'll see, maybe we'll see somebody do that. <coughs> The rush points out, actually the Gemara there points out, there's another scenario where it's going to be impossible to make the bracha prior to the natila. Ready for this one? Someone isn't Jewish. They go to the mikvah. They come out and now they're Jewish. You're going to tell someone not Jewish to make a bracha? Al-Tfila. They can't make that bracha. Correct. So I've just pulled out a case where you have a very similar bracha, seemingly it's an analogous bracha of al-tazidaim or al-tfila on the action of purifying oneself where it is impossible to make the bracha prior to going into that mikvah because, again, you're not Jewish. Right? So says, says Rav Shechter as follows. All brachas, as we know, have to be over Tosfos there points out except for a ger. A ger, someone who's converting, cannot make that bracha prior to going into the mikvah because they're, they're not Jewish, correct. And therefore, they make it afterwards. In fact, the Rambam uses a very interesting language. The Rambam says it was dichoi. Dichoi means it was, it was, they were unable. So anytime you're unable to do something, seemingly there's some sort of dispensation to do it afterwards. Where is Rambam getting this from? So I'll give you a, a parallel case. The Gemara in Brachos is as follows. Gemara in Brachos writes, that what if someone is eating, and they realize, oh, I forgot to make a bracha before, and I didn't make the bari prihat gafen. I didn't make a hamotzi lechem in arts. Spit it out. and say the bracha. And say the bracha and consume it, or or push it to the side of your mouth. It's going to be disgusting. What if they finish the meal, and they, they do the length of the last crumb? They do that. Oh, I didn't make a bracha. What should they do? So the Gemara says, very simple. So long as the meal hasn't concluded yet, they can go and find some more bread, reach over to the challah bowl, take some bread, eat, make a bracha on that, and eat that, and then you're covered. Says the Gemara, but I don't understand. When it comes to tevilah, when it comes to the, um, when it comes to tevilah in the mikvah, 
we find that a person comes out of the water, it's only subsequent to the immersion do they make the bracha. So why by tefillah, subsequent to the immersion do they make a bracha, whereas by, by the food, we require the person to go back and get more bread, with the implication being that if they didn't have more bread, they can't make the bracha. At which point the Gemara gives the, says what we are kind of driving at, and that is, prior to eating your food, were you able to make a bracha? Yes, you just forgot. Prior to going to the mikvah, you couldn't make a bracha. Why couldn't you make a bracha? So Rashi says, because your, your, your tummy, your impure, tumas keri. Impure, Ezra made a gezerah, that historically, people who are, had, had this sort of impurity couldn't, couldn't make brachas, they had to go to the mikvah. Tozvitz jumps up and down, and as my Rebbe Rav Schwartz would say, he jumps up and down and spits wood and nickels, and says, what are you talking about? Somebody who's tumas keri could make a bracha. Rather, we're talking about tefillah's ger. The tefillah of a ger, they are someone who can't make a bracha prior to going into the mikvah because they are not Jewish. Once they come out of the mikvah, now they can make a bracha. Because we're, we're talking about someone who's unable to make a bracha, therefore we're not going to say, go to the mikvah again. It makes no sense. Meaning to say the rule is as follows. In the event you could have made the bracha, you just forgot. So then you have to find some other way of fulfilling um, the requirement for making the bracha, i.e. get more food. In, if you weren't un- totally unable to make the bracha beforehand, you were in a dirty place. You yourself weren't Jewish, so then we say, we, or seemingly we waive this requirement of over and the necessity to make a bracha before the action. All good and well? And then Tosfos says as follows. And I, I, I actually, I only noticed this for the first time today when I read this. Tosfos writes, V'yesh Lomar. Again, I said, Tosfus jumps up and down. Rashi says, why can't you make the bracha prior to the mikvah? Rashi says, because you're impure. Tosfus jumps up and down, I said, and said, what are you talking about? We don't follow that law. We think if you're impure, you can still make the blessing. So what is the Gemara talking about when the Gemara says someone can only make the bracha subsequent to the, to the immersion? Says Tosfus to Meir Betfilas Gerim. We're talking about an, a, a, a non-Jew who goes to the mikvah. Subsequent to the, immer- the immersion, they are not unable to make a bracha. Again, they're not Jewish. Following the immersion, they could. Now listen to what he says. Because of the fact that this concept exists, that there are going to be people who go to the mikvah, and prior to going to the mikvah, they are unable to make the bracha because they are not Jewish. What does the word hetzrichu mean? They required the kol shar tfilos levarech la'achar hatfilah. They require that anytime anyone goes to the mikvah, does a tfilah, a woman who goes to the mikvah once a month, whoever it may be, in the times of the base of mikdash, people will go to the mikvah for all sorts of impurities. People want to go to higher bias, assuming you think you can go to higher bias, you go to the mikvah. Hitzrichu, they required that the bracha now take place always over, um, after, not over last yasin, but subsequent to the action. Again, seemingly to say, once we have a concept where there are some people who can't go to the who can't make the bracha beforehand, we just now say everyone has to make the bracha afterwards. Yes, good. But then Tosfos goes on, and this is where you have to put, put on your uh, your fine tune uh, caps over here, if that's a cap you can wear. V'chein netilas yadayin, and the same concept is going to exist by washing one's hands. Shepa'amim, there are times. Adam ba mebeisakise. A person comes from the bath from the bathroom. The ain adam roi levarech ad laacher netila. And because of the activities they're engaged with, they're not able to make the bracha because until after they wash their hands. 
Therefore, what, what is Tos, what is Tos's next word? You would think it's, I would think you would say, it's trichu, we required, l'chol shar, uh, l'chol shar, etc. That's not what he says. By Tzvili said it's trichu, they required, here he says, nahagu. What does nahagu mean? They custom. Tosfus draws a clear distinction. I only noticed this the first time today. Tosfus says, because there are some people who can't go to the mikvah unless they make the bra- unless until excuse me, they can't make the bracha until after they go to the mikvah. Hitstrichu, they required blanket rule called a low plug. Anytime someone goes to the mikvah, you make the bracha subsequent. We don't care about. We waive this principle of overlasiyasum. <laughs> then says Tosfus says, well, the same thing will exist by washing our hands. There are times when we cannot wash our hands. Excuse me, make the bracha until after you wash your hands. No hagu. So the custom developed. Not required, but developed. I'm driving towards a thought, perhaps, that if your hands are dry, your hands are clean, your hands are clean, and we said, really, seemingly, one should wash their hands, make the bracha, or should do, always make the bracha prior to the action, well, if it's only a custom to make the bracha afterwards, in the event that your hands are actually clean, maybe you should make the bracha prior to the tilas yadayim. Being to say you want to eat bread, Make the bracha al until wash your hands, over lasiyason, hands are clean, and then go eat your bread. Why? Why am I getting this from? Because Tosfos used the word nahagu, the custom developed. Now, we're not stopping here. We're not stopping here, but I'm just pointing something out. But, but nahagu is also strong, right? Nahagu. custom developed, that, that means like we, we, we still go by it even though... A hundred percent. don't apply now. A hundred percent. We don't go that route. A hundred percent, although I still, I'm, I, I'm picking up on... Tosfus is deliberate. Tosfus is deliberate. Says required versus custom. Why would Tosfus do that? It's something to think about. It's something to think about. Okay. Therefore, therefore, that's the reason we make the bracha subsequent to the action. Why? Because the custom developed. Tosfus himself, by the way, gives a different answer, and this we're going to come back to in a few moments. Tosfus says, I believe I once saw this quote of Bishem the Bahag, the Bahalachas Gadolos, one of the early, early Rishonim. When I looked today, I couldn't find it. Tosfus says, Yesh Tam Acher. I'm going to give you another reason. Again, the operative principle is the rule in Judaism is we always make the bracha prior to the action. We always do. And we'll see why in a minute. Tosfus says, What about Nephil's Dime? I look around and I see everyone's making it afterwards. Tosfus says, I'll tell you why they're making it afterwards. The custom developed because there are times when you can't make it prior. So we develop, people just do it afterwards, not as a, a, not as a blanket rule, but as a blanket custom. Tosa says, I'll give you another reason. You'll see there's, like, there's going to be a big difference between them. There are some who, when do you wash, when do you make the bracha? You, there are three things you're doing. Washing your hands, drying, and making the blessing. When do you, when, when do, when's your custom? Who, who makes the blessing after you dry your hands? In the process. In the process. Who makes it prior to drying their hands? Who doesn't make the blessing? Okay, don't ask me. <laughs> I usually make the bracha while I'm, while I'm washing my hands. I make the bracha while, while I'm drying my hands up. Well, I, three times, three times, Okay, I interesting. I, I I never knew. I never. I thought that was, was a problem until today. I think of Sternbach or Yeshev um, Levi said that, that's okay. But listen to what Tosfos says. Tosfos argues as follows: Before you dry your hands, it's still considered as if you're washing your hands. Even though technically though you finish pouring the water, drying is the final step in the Natilas Yadayim. Meaning to say, there's two ways of looking at this. You can say that drying is, you just need to dry your hands. Or one can make an argument, meaning to say once you wash them, you're done. Or one can make an argument that no, drying is integral. 
to the washing process. In fact, the Gemara and Sota writes, we'll come back to this in part two of this year, Gemara and Sota writes, someone who, um, who doesn't dry their hands, it says, it's as if they ate impure bread. I believe that's the language. Why? Because drying is part, perhaps one can say, dry, and Tosfus seems to say, drying is part of the washing process. So what Tosfus now does is as follows. Seemingly, Tosfus found a way out. Right? Tosfus is very much bothered. How, well, the Gemara is bothered. If every mitzvah has to be done over last yasin prior, prior to happening, well, how are we going to feel Why are we making it afterwards? So it's like, we're not making it afterwards. We're making it during. Meaning, so long as we haven't dried our hands, it's still considered prior to the action. And middle of the action, but prior to the action. So Tosus gives a second reason now. Either it's because it developed or because Tosus is like, look, I have a way out. You haven't dried your hands yet. All is good and well. Beautiful. What do you think about that? So I'm going to ask you to put that on hold for a second. I'm going to tell you what Rav Shechter's opinion. Rav Shechter writes as follows. So that's, right, let's put that on hold for now. We're going to come back to that. This is a tangent, but it's worth it because it's, it's an unbelievable way Rav Shechter thinks. Rav Shechter from YU, that is. Who's going to sign our smicha when we get it? Rav Shechter writes as follows. He's commenting on this concept that a ger convert, um, only makes the bracha afterwards. He says, if you look in the Rambam, the Rambam says that if one does a mitzvah and forgets to make the blessing, so long as they're actively involved in that mitzvah, they're able to make the blessing. So I guess Tosis would say, you're, you're, while you're actively washing, as in you haven't dried your hands, make the blessing. You're in the sukkah, you haven't walked out yet, make the blessing. Even though you should have made it prior, okay. What happens if the mitzvah already passed? I think the example they give is shechita, you're slaughtering. It takes, how long does it take to slaughter? Chick chak, a second, you're done. I don't know if this is true, by the way. My brother sent me a picture today. Some kid in his high school, 12th grade, learned how to shecht. And he went on Craigslist or Facebook and found some lady who was giving away chickens. So he, he bought them. And he shechted them. And then he gets a text from the lady, thank you so much for taking my pets. I know someone, I, I needed someone to look after them. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> Shechting takes a second. So if you forget to make the bracha before you shecht, you're done. You can't make it afterwards because you missed it. What's he driving it here? So the shach explains as follows. The shach explains that the concept of making a blessing on a mitzvah, it's not just that we're trying to connect Hashem to the action. It's not just we're saying, you know, I have an obligation to eat matzah. Now God said make a blessing on it as well. But the shach says in the world of the Rambam, it's actually no different than a birchas hanenin. A birchas hanenin meaning, why do I make a bracha before I eat an apple? Because the Gemara says, the Gemara has a whole long daft to try to figure it out. Is it from this pasik? Is it from that pasik? Is it from this pasik? Ultimately, the Gemara concludes, it's a logic that how can you partake in enjoyment from this world without thanking God for it? Meaning to say, a blessing is a way of asking God for permission. It's that before we indulge in eating this fruit, it says, Lashem um God, God owns this entire world. After we make the blessing, Va'aretz, the land, Adam, was given to, pers- to, hu- to humankind. Says the Gemara, before the blessing, it's God's. We ask him for permission by making the blessing. Now it becomes ours. Says the Shach. Fascinating idea. The Rambam thinks a birchas mitzvah, the blessing we make on a mitzvah, is no different. Before we make the blessing, it's like, who are you to engage in shaking the lulav? You want to shake the lulav, ask God for permission for this great privilege of shaking the lulav. You want to do a mitzvah, ask God for the privilege. So according to the Shach, therefore, a birchas mitzvah is in fact 
no different than a birchas hanedin, and therefore it has to take place before the action. Why? Because it's a matir, what he says. It, it gives you li- what gives you license to eat this apple? The fact that you made the blessing on it. What gives you license to shake this lulav? The fact that you made a blessing on it. To, to ask for permission subsequent to consuming your apple is worthless. I mean, we say after all, right? Better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. But with God, it doesn't work that way. Once you've trespassed, you can't ask for permission. You're done. That's a direct contradiction to what you were just saying. I, I am aware. I'm aware. What, well, you could spell it out, yeah? Spell it out. Well, you were saying you don't say the bracha for the Jewish until after you've washed your hands. Correct. Now you're saying you say the bracha before you do the deed. So, this is exactly Rav Shechter's question. Rav Shechter is very much bothered by this. And by the way, just one proof. The Rambam does something very interesting. The Rambam, we're always very careful in terms of when the Rambam records halachas, how he records them. The Rambam says as follows. He goes through the laws of making blessings. And he says, The same way we have an obligation to make blessings on, on things we enjoy in this world, whether it's food, whether it's smells. So too, we have an obligation to make a blessing on all mitzvos, Right? See what the Ram did there? He said the same way we bless food, we also bless mitzvos. So Ram puts it together. Seemingly, again, saying by linking it together, a birchas ha-mitzvah and a birchas ha-nenin are both one and the same. That is, asking God for permission, asking for license, and subsequently we do the act. Which would mean to do an act without the... With, to do an act without... And then subsequently say, oh, I, I forgot to make the bracha, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Which explains why you have to go find more food. Which explains why, according to the Rambam, the only way to make the blessing, therefore, is if you're still engaged in the act. So, what happens with the Tilas Adayim? Well, maybe the Rambam subscribes to Tosfos that you're still, um, you're still, so long as you haven't dried yourself, you're still good. But says Rashechter, but what about the Tefillah of a Ger? Because we don't find the same principle that so long as you're wet, after yourself going into the mikvah, you can make the blessing. Because it's as if you're still in the action. It's only by the Tilas Adayim. So, Shechter is very much bothered by the Tefillah of a Ger. If you're going to tell me that a blessing is a matir, is a way of asking for permission, well, he already did so. Ah, he couldn't do it beforehand? Okay. But now it's over, so then just say maybe he doesn't make a bracha at all. He wasn't commanded, right? He, didn't, he wasn't mitzvah Correct. at the time he went. Correct. So why does he have to say it at all? Okay. Correct. It's a good, great question. No, good question. Harry, he's bothered by your question. He's bothered by your question. So for until he's dying, maybe we can wiggle out of it again and say, so long as you don't dry your hands, you're good. But what about the feel of a gear? Charles, you following? Meaning, no, what I'm saying is as follows. If you tell me a bracha is a way of asking for permission, so I don't understand why the, a ger can't, can only ask, can't ask for permission prior to going into the water because he's not Jewish. Subsequent to it, what, why do you ask permission? It's done or a deed is done. So why then is he making a bracha? And this, Rav Shechter gives an answer. I don't know what he's talking I just don't understand what he says. I don't understand it. I read it, I don't understand. I was so bothered, I, I don't know if I died Marv tonight. I was like thinking about it, trying to go with all the possibilities. I'll tell you what he says. If you get lost, it's okay. I got lost too. It's a razzle-dazzle answer, but I'm gonna say it just because Rav Shechter says it, and we'll leave it at that. This is a part of my, this is my thought process. He says, sometimes we make a bracha, the blessing on the maizam ha-mitzvah, on the action. You gotta focus, Shlomo, for this one. This is, a, this, is a real, this is a real one. Sometimes you make a blessing on the, on the actual action. I'm shaking the lulav, I make the blessing on the shaking of the lulav. And therefore, if you shook the lulav, and you can't make the blessing anymore. 
says Rav Shechter, sometimes the blessing is not on the action, but rather on what he calls the chalos, the status change. The ger is not making a, bra, a, a blessing on the, on the action of going to the mikvah. He's making a blessing on the fact that by going into the mikvah, he comes out and emerges with a new status of a Jew. So the blessing is really on him becoming a Jew. It just, he makes it on the mikvah. I know. I'm well aware. I also, he doesn't, I was expecting him to say this again, to say it again. Sometimes you make a blessing on the action. If you're making a blessing on the action, so once you've done the action, you can't make the blessing anymore. But sometimes you make the blessing on the status change. So the moment the Garrett comes out of the mikvah, he makes a blessing of, I'm now a Jew. And that's what the blessing's on. Now, I would expect there to be a little asterisk right there. And on the bottom of the footnote to give me other analogies and other examples of when we're making a blessing not on an action, which I would think is all blessings, sitting in the sukkah, putting on tefillin, uh, eating matzah, etc., etc. And the last day, but except, and here are the following proofs to my case, because there's this mitzvah, there's that mitzvah, and this mitzvah, where the blessing's on the action, rather on the status change. But guess what? There ain't no footnotes down there. Well, so I had no idea what he's talking about. Well, yeah. So, so hand-washing would be an example, right? Right? The status change from unclean. But here, my, pro- my promise, number one, is, as Nate pointed out, the blessing is on the tilas yadayim, or al tefillah. Number two, and again, I, I, I can't go through my whole thought process here. Is like what? First of all, I, my first thought is you wanted to, this is how my you know, my mind would think about it is well, what other areas of halacha do we find a mitzvah with a status change? So we find it, for instance, by taking off truma or taking challah. You take challah, now you've transformed something. So that's why I quickly pulled out there to see what they say over there. No one mentioned anything there, but ovalasiyasa. Maybe maybe they're making on that. I don't know. Though he doesn't say that there. Number two, the bracha really bothered me. If it's really a status change, so what makes it a Birchas HaMitzvah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Because if you turn to the previous daf in Psachim there, on daf Zayinam and Aleph, Tosfus is bothered by another bracha that said over Lassi, that's not said over Lassi There's another bracha we make that is said after the action. And that is the bracha at a bris milah. Right? The two brachas we make at a bris. We make a bracha of Alhamila, and we make a bracha of Lachniso, Lebrisa Shal Avim Avinu. So Tosfus says, I understand, how, why is he making the, the bracha Lachniso after? You should make it before, over la siyason. And Tosu says, ah, because Tosu says you, you're, you're not understanding, Rabbi Tom says this, you're not understanding the nature of the bracha of lachniso lebrisa shalavim vino. What are we saying? Thank you, thank you, God, for allowing this baby to enter into the covenant of Abraham. That's not a bracha on the mitzvah, on the action. That's a blessing we're making, praising God. Thank you for bringing this baby to the world. Similar to perhaps, um, where else do we find this? What? Yeah, still, he says it's a birchas shevach. I think also some say that's the brach we make of birchas erison. God for allowing the erison. Oh, another, another bracha? This, the second bracha we make on tefillin. What do we say? The first bracha we make on the arm, what do we say? What's the second one? Al mitzvah tefillin. So there are those who understand that's actually a birchas shevach. We're thanking God for giving us this, the tefillin. That's why I said Baruch Shem. That's that. Well, yeah, that's a longer discussion. But yeah, the point is, Tosfos has another category for what I'd call a change of status, and that would be a Birchas Hashavach. So Tosfos on one page says Birchas Hashavach is Lachnisa Lebrisha Avavino. If Tosfos really thought we're making a bracha on the mitzvah of tefillah, not because of the actual action, because now we're, this this person is entering into the covenant of the Jewish people. So call it a birchas shevach. More importantly, give it a different name. Say lachni sole tachas kanfei shchina. Why are you? Why? What are we doing here? Like making a bracha on the tefillah, and is even going to the mikvah a mitzvah in the first place? I don't know. 
I don't know. That's what's going on in my brain right now. I'm not sure. If you're still with me, great. If not with me, it's okay. Point being, point being that uh, that's where Shechem, by the way, Shechem brings a proof. I'm gonna, I'll, 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 I'll finish this point in a minute. Shechem brings a proof, perhaps, that the mitzvah is on the status change, not on the action. And this is as follows. He, he concocts a case where you have a ger who can make the bracha prior to the tefillah. A ger can make the bracha before they immerse, and yet we still say make it afterwards. Why would we say make it afterwards? Must be because it's not the bracha on the actual dipping, it's the bracha on the, on the status change. And what's the case he brings? Are ready for this? There's a type of ger who doesn't have the ability or the knowledge or the wherewithal to convert. Ger katan, a, a child. Happens all the time. People adopt a child. The child can't convert. So we, Bezdin will convert the child on the child's behalf. Very complicated sugi. We can discuss it some other time. How exactly that works. Why it works. Um, what, are the, what are the mechanisms for letting that work? Why then do we, if those who know, perhaps if the bar mitzvah of the kid will say to the kid, do you want to stay? Give them an option to opt out. Okay, not for now. Point is, Tosfos understands, and we understand the Bezdin, the rabbinical court, can adopt, can adopt, can uh, convert a child on the child's behalf. Well, says Roshechter, well, so who's making the bracha then? Bezdin. Can Bezdin make the bracha al tefillah prior to the baby going into water? Yes, because Bezdin's commanded. Bezdin's Jewish. Yet we still find it afterwards. Why would we find it afterwards? So Shachter says, I'll tell you why. Because this whole institution of the bracha of the ger is always afterwards because it's not a blessing on the dipping, it's a blessing on Lachnisa, Labrisa, Shalabrivino, entering into the covenant of Avraham. Wow. Happens to be, by the way, the Ravid says the Bezin does make beforehand. Okay, put that aside for now. That's his proof. Let's bring it all back to where we are because that, that was a big tangent, but I thought that was, that was, that was very important. Before you jump off the tangent, I've got a question for you. Yeah. When you're washing your hands, how many times? Once? Twice? Or three times? So we discussed this last time. Kabbalah says three times. Most people say two times. But we, t- we said technically if you use a revius of water, which is about 3.8 ounces or whatever more, on each hand, you don't have to do more than once. I think the customer usually most people do it two times. And when you use it, once you do a review of water, it gets you out of a lot of technical issues. You can really do less, but you run into all these issues and if you're careful all sorts of things, which we discussed last time, not for now. Okay, so let's go back to where we are right now. We, let's put away all the lumbus. What we have right now is as follows. The bracha of Alam is done prior, excuse me, subsequent to the, to the washing. Why? Because your hands might be dirty or because we said so long as your hands are still wet, you still are considered to be washing, so it really is before the action. What do we do halachal ma'isa? So the base Yosef quotes the rush. The rush is the one who basically says, and Tosfos, the custom is to do it afterwards. So much so that I believe the Archa Shulchan says, or Michal Michal Epstein, died in the 1900s, he writes that it became a low plug, meaning to say, this is the custom, we don't change it. We don't change it. But when you look at the language of the Shulchan Aruch, the Shulchan Aruch says, um, we have the Gemara, did you not quote the Shulchan Aruch here? The Shulchan Aruch basically uses a kind of like ambiguous language, kind of like, he says like, yeah, you could wash your hands afterwards because they might be dirty. So the Bir Halacha was Mishtabura, the Mishtabura wrote two Perishim, well, three, right? We're familiar with Mishtabura, I know you learned Mishtabura. So you open the Mishtabura on top of the Shulchan Aruch, 
Then you have the Mishnah Bura. Then you have something called the Bir Halacha. Bir Halacha is where he goes more into the in depth on the topic. And the bottom is the Shatzion, which are basically footnotes. Sometimes there's a, a line or two inside that's worth looking at. Usually it's just footnotes, um, cross references, etc. So the Bir Halacha says, from, from the language of the Shulchan Aruch, implies that if you want to wa- make the bracha prior to washing your hands, you could do so so long as your hands are clean. And in fact, if Herschel Schechter is of the opinion, and this is his practice, if his hands are clean, he does make the bracha prior. Why? Because he says, look, at the end of the day, make a bracha over lasiyasun. As we see, the Rambam thinks making it afterward doesn't count. And even Tosvos seems to be relying on this fact that if you, so long as your hands are still wet, it's as if you haven't finished washing your hands yet. So Schechter says, you know what? I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it beforehand. Um, I think a number of years ago, he was in Karen Biavna, and he, he made the bracha and washed his hands. So one of the Shana Olive guys who just you know, got off the boat turned to Rav Shechter and says, uh, Rabbi, I don't know if you know the halacha, but you're supposed to make the bracha afterwards. At which point Rav Shechter, being the person he is, looked and goes, oh, okay. And moved on. Good thing, moved on. But uh, that, 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 that's what he did. Okay, so that's, that's the halacha limay. So, um, so, so Nohagen, he didn't go by Nohagen. Correct. He did not go by Nohagen. He said that, look, at the end of the day, it seems to be that you should, you should do, you, yeah, correct. Um, by the way, just an interesting point to point out, that if you follow Tosfos' second opinion, that so long as your hands are still wet, you can make the bracha, mm-hmm. what Tosfos seems to imply is that once you dry your hands, you would not be allowed to make the bracha. Why? Because he's saying the only dispensation is your hands are still wet. Whereas if you think that Tosfos' first opinion, or others' opinions that, no, the custom developed as a low plug, the rush says this as well, once we have this concept of, it's impo- there are cases where one cannot wash their hands, make the bracha prior to washing their hands because their hands are dirty. So now they just institute it from now and forevermore, always do it afterwards, low plug. So that would imply if you forgot to make the bracha, you could still make the bracha because it's not contingent on your hands being wet and you're still being considered in the middle of the washing. Just an interesting uh, uh, idea that Rabbi Arya Leibowitz has in his safer. So, if I'm in the midst of washing my hands and I say the bracha, it's good. It, it is good, although they, they say you should really, that could be a, a, a ramification. That if you think that you're, it's considered you're in the middle of washing, so then what, what's, what's the difference whether you're washing or your hands are wet you haven't dried your hands yet? It's, still all, it's all in the middle of washing, so as long as your hands are dry, technically you could. Whereas if you say no, that really, it's not about, I mean, really, once you wash, you're done. It's just we gave you a dispensation to, uh, to wash afterwards because there are cases where you couldn't do it prior, so then you look hard, you say you shouldn't make the bracha while you're washing your hands. You follow? Meaning, what, what, why are you allowed to wash your hands afterwards? Is it because afterwards is still considered washing because your hands are wet? Or because, no, we just said you're always allowed to wash your hands afterwards because there are cases like the gear or your hands are dirty, and therefore we, just, we gave you a dispensation to wash afterwards. What's the reason? You wash your hands because you're expecting your hands are dirty. No, but why are you, why, again, why are you allowed to make the bracha after washing your hands? We just said it has to always be done prior. So we gave two reasons. Either because you have no choice, let's say your hands are dirty, so you have to. Or because, no, Tosfus points out, so long as your hands are still wet, it's not considered after washing. So I think, based on that, one can say, if you hold that, so long as your hands are still wet, it's still considered washing, so then what's the difference between whether you're actually doing that or you're standing like this with wet hands? Versus if you say, no, the, it's not that you, when your hands are wet, it's still considered washing, it's just that, look, Lemaisa, we give you a, a special hat there to wash afterwards, so maybe you should probably wait until you finish washing your hands. There are other opinions that also point out that you shouldn't be taking brachas while you're in the middle of an action. So, 
it's probably better to two way. Takes half a second. Okay, fine. <coughs> How are we doing on time here? Oh, let's do it. Okay, a little more. There's another interesting point, and this is brought down. This is an interesting halacha as well. The Gemara in Brachlo says there are three cases where we say takif, immediately preceding something, something, preceding something, something has to take place. We say as follows. In the base of Migdash, they would do smicha, they, they, do, they push down on the, on the carbon, on the sacrifice, they would say a vidoy, and then immediately following doing that, you're supposed, that was, that's basically when you said this carbon is in place of me, and my, I put my sins on it, etc., etc. Immediately following that, you should go and you go and you slaughter the animal. After saying, go al Yisrael, we start, immediately start Shmon Esri. You shouldn't have a break there. Which is why some have a minog, I believe it's a mistaken minog, to say Gaal Yisrael. They say Gaal Yisrael. Because they're afraid if you say Yisrael loud, people are going to say Amen, you're going to make a break. But that's custom. I think it's a, it's a, it develops. It's, it's, not so, it's, it's not the best custom. The custom is you say Gaal Yisrael, and everyone's saying it together, right? We're all singing. So are Yisrael. Since we're all singing together, when you make a bracha with someone else, you don't say Amen to his bracha. Which is why you should probably say Gaal Yisrael loud. Okay, fine. Point is, after saying Gaal Yisrael, we, make, we, we say. Amen, and then the Gemara, excuse me, say the Shemona uh, Esrei, and Takaf Natilas Yedayim, Bracha. It says, after washing your hands, you make the blessing. What's the blessing? So, the, the, the context of the Gemara here is actually after Mai Mahronim. You start Birchas HaMazam. And uh, the post can point out this is the source for once the host says, let's bench now, you can no longer eat, because now it's, we're in the mode of benching. If someone else at the table goes, let's bench now, and they're just you know, Nunnik, because the host didn't say so. Okay. Tosfus in Sota points out, you can also say takaf le ntila bracha, meaning after making the ntila sedayim, you make the bracha of hamotzi. The bracha of hamotzi. It should, it should, there shouldn't be such a lag. We'll discuss next week what it means to have a hefzik, discuss next week the idea of talking. Are you allowed to talk? Can you not talk? Do you wash again? All those interesting things that emerge. Are you supposed to hum a tune? Some people do that too. Okay. But Tosfus says, what, what is takaf? How, how, how do you quantify? How do you count immediate? Those are very clever. Like, what do you mean immediately? Immediately after this, do this. What is that? How do you qualify it? Tosa is a very clever chat. It says as follows. We say, immediately following the smicha, do the shechita. Right? And you're in the temple. After you push your hand on the animal, slaughter it. Well, Tosa says, there are times in the temple where let's say you have a matzorah. A matzorah can only go in certain places in the temple. So he stands at a place called Shar Niknor, donated by Niknor. It's outside of the actual holy part of the temple. He puts his hand inside, he does shrita, they then carry the animal across the ula, across the, um, the temple, courtyard, to where they're going to slaughter it. Tozer says, well, if you, have, if you believe you have to do smicha immediately prior to slaughtering it, well, in the base of Migdash, there was a lag of, and he says, um, 22 feet of carrying this animal. So he says, however long it takes to carry something, 22 feet, that's what immediate is. After that, it's no longer considered immediate. Very clever idea, no? <coughs> so, Rav Shechter says as follows. Therefore, once you wash your hands, you, should make, you shouldn't wait more than 22, uh, equivalent of walking 22 feet until you make the bracha. Now, sure. he says as follows. When you're, when you're in one room, it's not a problem. Because it's all considered takif. It's when you walk from one room to another, one, one, one house to another house, or one room to another room. Even that could be a problem. So he says, this can come in a wedding hall. So you see people go to a wedding hall, they wash outside, and they have to walk into a new, whole new room and go across, and it's going to definitely be more than 22 amos. So they're in violation of halacha. So he says as follows. Well, here's a clever idea. Wash your hands, 
then step into the room. You're going to, usually it's a, the room's right there. It's just a far, far away walk to the table. Dry your hands in the room that you're going to eat in. Well, if you consider drying to be part of the washing process, so now you've washed in the same room, you can wait much longer than that. How's that for a good idea? So he said, that's, he said, that's what he's you see rabbis at weddings going like this. Because they're, they're walking through and drying their hands. You like that, huh? I thought it was just like something they do to... That's, pr- that, that, that's probably also what they're doing, but Lamaise, um But the other question that comes to mind is, are you carrying a baby goat from one area to the other, or are you carrying a baby calf from one yeah. area to the other? I hear, I hear. What did the Torah bring? Torah brought Kenim? No? Bakari? That's right, he called Olivier, right? It wasn't Olivier, you're right, you're right. He brought Kenim and Olivier, yes, you're right. It could be either one. Point, point well taken. Okay. <coughs> Should we call here? What is it? Nine fifteen. So it's been an hour. I mean, we started a little late. Let's call here. We'll pick up here next time. So let's do a quick review. I know we're near as much as I wanted to accomplish this time, but hey, what happens in life? Torah is infinite. We said when it comes to when it comes to when do we make the bracha? The Gemara himself said the operative principle is always overlast yasim prior to the act. The question is when it comes to yasim we do it after. Why do we do it after? Tosfos gave. Two reasons. Reason number one is because there are times when we're unable to make the bracha before on like the feel of a ger, of a convert, or if your hands are dirty. And therefore we, move, we shift it afterwards, which is why, the, by the way, the rush endorses that opinion. Low plug doesn't say anything else, just that opinion. The Tosavus, however, because the second answer found in Masech Lipsachim says no, because so long as you haven't dry, dried your hands, drying, although the bracha is the teal the diamond, drying is essential to the washing, and therefore it's considered overlast yasin prior to action because you haven't dried your hands yet. What emerges from there is a couple nafkaminas. Nafkamina number one is... Mentioned? Remind me. Well, probably where do you consider? Um, we mentioned if you haven't dried your hands and you walk into another room and dry it there, so then you can you still have your twenty-two amos. We also said um, when you, Harry's point. When do you dry your when do, when do you when do you make the bracha? Can you make it when you're still washing? Maybe you can make it when you're washing. You hold the first opinion, not the second opinion. Um, and then the other nafkamina, the biggest one is, what if your hands are, dry, are clean before you go wash your hands? Can you make the bracha beforehand? According to the answer, the rush Tosa's first answer to low plug. Uh, the principle becomes we always have to feel this time, we always make it afterwards. So then, no, always make it afterwards. But if you say no, it's not that it's a low plug, it's just that we found a, a, a workaround that we can fulfill all opinions. You can have dirty hands, wash them, it's still considered prior to the action because you haven't dried them yet. Well, then seemingly there's room, and this is the Shulchan Aruch seems to say, and Berhalacha seems to say one could do. I think the Berhalacha actually used the language of Yimcha, don't make a machav, someone does. Okay, or Shech does it, takes his opinion. One could, in fact, make the bracha prior if your hands are, in fact, not dirty. I wish you all a wonderful night. I'll send around the Marmacomas and the questions. Yes.